trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Kiara Yakita, Burnett Turner, and Jessica Smiley, activists and founders of the Black Liberation Movement in Central Ohio. Kiara Yakita is the founder of Grassroots Nonprofit Corporation Black Liberation Movement and CEO of the Unbossed Network, a local Black media network. She developed herself as an activist, starting with protests for the LGBTQ community and Black Lives Matter for Trayvon Martin. She fights for black liberation through frontline activism, protesting, community outreach, anti-racism, education, speeches, and community events. Kiara spreads a message of equality, unity, justice, and the eradication of racism and hate. Jessica Smiley, grassroots organizer and activist for over 10 years, is a black lesbian and mother to a 13-year-old daughter Her passion lies with both the Black Lives Matter movement and the LGBTQIA plus rights and protections. She was a distributed national organizer of the Women's March, helping women nationwide become community organizers for equality and to defeat Trump in 2020. She organized rallies at Goodell Park and the Ohio State House, submitted written testimonies for and attended virtual city council meetings to voice her support for legislation to end no-knock warrants, to form citizens review boards, to demilitarize the Columbus Police Department, and to address the Columbus Police Department presence in our schools. Jess was a field volunteer for Obama's two presidential campaigns and for Bernie 2020. Burnett Turner, Ohio native, Columbus resident, is an author and retired federal employee who has also been a community advocate, political activist, an organizer of a variety of community events. Whether working on political campaigns, registering and educating voters, lobbying politicians, or actively protesting against social injustices and human rights violations, Brunette has been driven by a deep love for people, democracy, and the ideal of equal opportunity. She fully believes this country has the ability to live up to its promises to all people and its responsibility to be good stewards of this land and its many resources. Columbus, Ohio is an epicenter for police violence on people of color. Families and communities are heartbroken, devastated from the recent murders of Casey Goodson and Andre Hill. The Columbus police chief has been demoted Officer Coy has been indicted, a new chief will be hired, and the newly won Citizen Review Board will be formed. It's been an intense six months since our first conversation. And in your perspective, what is the foremost in the hearts and minds of Central Ohio Black Lives Matters, Black Liberation Movement activists? Let's start with you, Burnette. Well, from the feedback that I've been getting, most people are very interested in the reforms that are happening with the police department and with the um, commissions inside of the the local neighborhoods. So we have a lot of efforts that are seemingly focused 
on reform, but we want to make sure that that reform actually meets the needs of the communities and that the operation of the new civilian review board uh, for the police actually uh, has the right people, that they aren't handpicked cronies, that they are members of the community with voices that reflect uh, what the people are most concerned about. Uh, we want the the mayor to actually review his selection process for the chief of police. And we want a bigger voice. We want, we don't want pandering. Uh, we want to make sure that we're heard. We want to make sure that our grievances are redressed. And we want to make sure that um, equality is really the focus. Because when, when the system is fair for everybody, it is not just a black matter. It is an everybody matter. It is nobody get left behind matter. It is fairness. It is equality. And at the heart of all that we're doing, we're looking out for everyone. And so we, we, we want to try to get that message across that Black Lives Matters, Black Liberation Movement, it's, it's, all, it's going to benefit the entire community. And, and that's important. How about you, Jess? I completely agree um, with Burnett in that I think top of mind for the community is accountability. Um, we are tired of the pandering and the, you know we know that change is incremental, but we know what it takes. And we've been voicing these concerns for quite some time. Um, I know personally myself, I am really looking forward to the forming of the Civilian Review Board. I think that's critical. Um, because that is the way that our voices are heard and that we can take part in what it means to police our communities. You know, it's, I think it's well beyond time that our police forces can start to listen to us. And we can't talk about unity or building the bridges and building connections between those communities, whether it's the policing community and the Black community, if we don't begin to have those conversations and be given the space and the seat at the table to address policy, to address what we think will be impactful for us. So that's something that's top of mind myself. Um, and I think for a lot of us is accountability. We, we have seen the last few months, especially with um, the murders of Andre Hill and Casey Goodson, it has been one thing after another, it seems. And I think that we are just, we're well beyond, you know, that the, the burst we saw during the summer, now we're really taking that and ready to force the change that needs to happen, so. New Burnett, I'm sorry, Kiara. I would say at this point, myself and a lot of the community, we are waiting for them to put action behind words because we saw over the summer at the funerals of these individuals that were killed, all our elected officials, our city leaders get on the podium, get on the microphone, make all these moving, powerful speeches. But we need action behind those speeches. We need to see legislation. We need this civilian review board up and running. We need convictions. We need the killer cops found guilty. We need them to be sentenced with maximum sentences, you know. I don't care how many speeches you give and how wonderful that speech was. You know, politicians tend to be good at giving speeches. What I care about is that these officers go to jail for executing innocent, unarmed Black people. Well, talking about that, Officer Coy was indicted and then he had a bail of three million and then they reduced it to one million. What's going on with that? That was a strategic move. They knew that they could fundraise the amount for the 1 million instead of the 3 million, because you know you only have to pay a percentage. You don't have to pay the full thing. So they went for that reduction and it was granted so that he could afford to get out of jail. 
Now, mind you, think about how many people of color are overcrowding these jails because not only do they not have their bonds reduced with good reason too, they have good reason to have them reduced, um, but they aren't even given the opportunity to request one and their public defenders aren't educating them about that process. And a public defender is not going to get a successful bond reduction most of the time. And so think about all those people of color who have lost their jobs, who have lost their homes, whose children are being put into foster care because they don't get the luxury of having a um, bond reduction or think of all the luxuries that we have seen white criminals get in the media lately. You have the Buffalo guy that invaded the Capitol who gets a special vegan diet and when we had a black man who died of thirst because the COs would not give him water, you know, or the woman who invaded the Capitol who gets a vacation during a pandemic because she just asked for it. And yet you have people of color who are in jail on bond who can't even go to the funeral of their own children or mothers. So that, that takes me back to what you were talking about, our first conversation. That was one of the foremost issues on your mind. In Columbus, is this something that Columbus um, City Council can, can legislate or does the state have to legislate bail bond? Each city can legislate bail bond. Uh, and we do see that happening nationwide where we have county prosecutors and city prosecutors actually taking positions that they will not um, charge people to remain in jail while they are awaiting their hearings. So this is something that we definitely can address locally. We can address on a countywide basis. We can address on a statewide basis. Um, there is absolutely no reason that a person should be sitting in jail awaiting trial. Even some of them are awaiting being charged. And we have people who are sitting in jail for years, literally, and they haven't even been charged. They haven't been convicted. They haven't hit their day in court. They simply are too poor to go home. That is a human rights violation in my, my, my view. That is criminal. That is exploitation on the part of the system because they only do that to poor people. People who don't have privilege get to go home. People who know lawyers get to go home. People who need public defenders get to stay in jail. That's not equality for all. That is not fair treatment, equal treatment under the law. That is not due process that is granted to everyone equally. And so we can address these things locally. And we have um, organizations that are act actively pursuing these issues, they just need more people aware and they need more participants. They need more donations so they can lobby these politicians. But what we really need, we need to get politicians who don't have these views out of office. We need people to run for positions. We need to replace folks who don't care about our communities. And this is not a black issue again. This affects disproportionately people of color. So when I say that, I mean, it's a Hispanic issue. It is a, it's an immigrant issue. It is a black American issue. It is an Asian issue. It is, it is a poor white people issue too, right? Because it's a poverty issue. And anyone who has been caught in the traps that were set to maintain the American caste system, uh, which is not exclusively going to keep black people at the bottom, okay? They're going to be trapped 
in this bail bond situation because they're also trapped in poverty. They're also trapped in marginalization. Can you give me some names of organizations that are actually working on bail bonds so people can look them up? I don't have that at, off the tip of my head. I do know that one person who's working on prison reform is Gary Witt. So that that's someone who can give you a better input into uh, that fight. How about people that are running for city council? Are there any people that are running for city council that do have this issue foremost? I have not actually spoken with anyone who's running um, for city council. So I can't comment on what their positions are on any specific issues. So that's important to get that information yes. clear so voters in Columbus can support a, a candidate who supports um, lowering bail bonds or, 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 or getting rid of it. Definitely. One of the biggest problems is people don't think about this issue because it doesn't touch them. Most people are not um, lawbreakers or they don't perceive themselves as lawbreakers. What they don't understand is that you can be arrested and you not be a lawbreaker. And you can wind up in the system and have done absolutely nothing wrong. And then at that point, you'll see just how unfair it is. What we need to do is educate people so that they will ask the right questions when we have these candidate forums. Um, and that is not just a a issue of selecting the right candidates, but it's an issue of informing the community. Hey, these candidates haven't said what they feel on this issue. You need to ask them. You need to confront them. You need to hold their feet to the fire. But until we can do that, we have to make sure that the people who know that this is an issue talk to other people. Okay, this is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio. Today I'm talking with Burnett Turner, Jessica Smiley, and Kiara Yakita, all leaders in the Black Lives Matters movement in Central Ohio. Kiara, what's your take about the um, firing of Quinlan and the possibility of a new police chief? So they, oh, and to answer your question earlier regarding pretrial justice, there is an organization called Pretrial Justice Institute. They are working to completely abolish the um, cash bail system. So that's someone to definitely look into. And regarding the current question, how we feel about the firing of Quinlan and the search for a new police chief. Now, mind you, I'm newer to Columbus. I've been here for about a year. So I don't fully know the history of all of the police chiefs that we've had over the last several years or so and their history here, but I'm in the process of learning that. Now, what I have learned is that the community knows who they want. Perry, Perry Tarrant, I believe his last name is Perry Tarrant. They want him. He is a black man. He is very, very qualified. I looked at his resume and his cover letter, his letter of interest. It's available on the website, the um, state website under the mayor's office. And so it's there from the press release and from when he applied in 2019. And then the press reached out to him asking if he would be interested. And he said he's absolutely interested. So a lot of the community, the things I'm seeing in our group, in the forums, online, people are saying, you know, do not waste all of this money doing a national search. Tap in Perry. He was your second choice. He is the people's choice. So bring him in. And it's also very interesting that now all of a sudden they want to release information about Quinlan's corruption and how he purposely delayed investigation into certain cases and things like that. You know, at this point, it's too little too late. You should have been transparent about that from the beginning. The people have been 
aware of his corruption. And now the city officials are just wanting to talk about it. So I feel like since the people's concerns had been ignored for so long regarding Quinlan, now is the time to do better and put in Perry Tarrant. That is who the people want. And I feel like that's what the people deserve. Jessica, what's your take about this? And how do we get Perry Tarrant in? So I agree with Kiara because that's something I've seen online as well. Um, I've been here probably nine or 10 years in Columbia. Um, and haven't paid close attention um, to what's been happening except for the last couple of years. And I do agree as well that, you know, ultimately what people want is, is change and transparency. We want someone to listen. And the way I see it, um, I'm a huge fan of lobbying in my own fashion. I tend to melt phone lines, write letters, all those things. Um, that's one of the best ways that folks can express, you know, their distrust for the system or, you know, their choice for who will be our next police chief, because that's something, two things that I think that it speaks volumes that they're willing to look at when there is well-qualified, probably even overqualified talent here. Um, people who want the job, right? And people who want it and are doing it in good faith, we, as the people, that's what we should want. We don't want someone from the outside, you know, even they may be qualified too, but the way I see it is if you have someone who's here, who's willing and who's already expressed the interest and the community has spoken for the most part, it's again, well beyond time that our lawmakers and elected officials start listening to our voices. This is what it means. You can have a civilian review board, but we need to go beyond that. We, we the people need to have a say in who police our communities and who leads our communities. Um, and I think if I could encourage anyone, I could be very wrong about all of this, but I would encourage folks to write letters to the mayor's office make a phone call, get comfortable. Um, I, again, I enjoy melting phone lines in DC. So I think we should do the same thing here. You know, make those phone calls and write letters, express how we feel because that is truly the only way that we get our voices heard. Um, I'm hopeful that the right decision will be made, but I, I think that that's what needs to happen. We, we've got to continue um, to push forward and, and express where we stand for the next choice. Well, as I understand, he is from outside. He is not from the inside. So, and and as there's um, Quinlan was from the inside, and some folks feel like you need to bring in some somebody to completely transform. Burnett, what do you think? Uh, yes, one one of the benefits of Perry Tarrant is that he has a a better understanding of the culture, even though he is an outsider. And so, uh, I think that is that's one of the attractiveness. He's currently in Seattle. Uh, and they are having some some very interesting race dynamics, but they're also having some interesting reform dynamics that we believe that he can bring to the city, that we think that he will uh, be able to convince our city council are relevant and worth pursuing. Uh, we also have an issue that we've had in Columbus for the last couple of decades, right? Where we have collusion among police officers. They're protecting each other in terms of the atmosphere. You have black officers who have reported repeatedly about the internal discrimination, the dismissal of their concerns, the rejection of their grievances. And so when you have that climate, you actually do have to bring someone in from the outside who can break that up, who's not gonna play the same political games and pander to their friends and protect their buddies and dismiss things because their personal knowledge of that person doesn't match 
the claim against that person, right? So you can have someone that you know and you think the world of and somebody says, hey, but they sexually harass me. You're not going to believe it. You're not going to take it as seriously because of your personal knowledge. And, and that is a big barrier, especially in the policing community, because we, we, we tend to look at authority figures and especially police figures as above reproach. And they're not. They're still humans. They're still fallible. They still have flaws that can be detrimental. And, and when you don't have those, those biases that you see as, as positives, but their victims obviously do not, um, then you're able to come in, you make some changes and see the information a little bit more objectively. And so that's the argument for Tarrant. He not only understands the diversity of Columbus and similar environments, but he also is not going to be entrenched in the, the, the cronyism for lack of a better word, that we have historically seen in Columbus that has not brought about change, even when complaints have been made from within the police department. So how do how do citizens get that to happen? Is it Gunther's exactly exactly Gunther's what just said? Exactly what just said. So you 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 write letters, you make those phone calls, you put pressure on the mayor. Let me, let, let let's talk about the recall Ginther hashtag. Ginther gave us lip service all summer long. He walked lockstep with Quinlan all summer long. He said, Quinlan and I have had these conversations and I trust him to do what I said. I trust him to carry on what's best for this city until this fall. So when you have that going on, that's what you said. We had the hashtag recall Ginther come back up and everything changed. So when you put pressure on people, when you say we're going to hold you accountable, this is what we want. We hired you. We expect you to work for us. And it's very effective, but you have to sustain that pressure. You have to be serious and you have to be consistent and you have to be determined. I have seen that work. I've worked with several organizations who lobby politicians over the years. And that's how we've done it. We got Kasich to change his budget because we lobby politicians. We consistently wrote letters. We brought letters from people who weren't able to come down to the state house and participate with us. This is how you affect political change. You make sure your voice is heard. You make sure your voice is loud. And when I say loud, I don't necessarily mean scream, but I mean overwhelming. Okay, so yeah. so exactly what Jessica said, you call, you write, you tweet, you text, you use those hashtags because they do monitor social media, right? You do everything you can to show what you want. Excellent. Kiara, what is your take of how to get the police chief that you want? And um, is Ginther someone you all, the, the community feels is um, working for the black black lives? So I agree with what Sven said, you know, that we need to apply that pressure and we need to create that communication stating what we want. The people know who they want. And it isn't enough to just say that in comments on Facebook posts when people share articles about Quinlan. It's not enough to just comment, we need Perry Tarrant. We need to let that fact be known. We need to um, have events. You know, I was thinking of through Black Liberation Movement to hold a virtual webinar like I did before 
how I advocated for issue two. Um, we had that, me that meeting, I told everybody about it. I had people from the work group on the call, we educated everyone and we put them to action. And so that's what's going to have to happen again is that we're going to have to, as a community, educate the people on what options there are and tell them how to demand that action. Because at this point, we have been failed. We have two active murder cases, one from the Sheriff's Department, one from the Columbus Division of Police. So at this point, they need to listen to the people and what the people want. And I feel like bringing him in with him being in a more progressive state right now, seeing the reform, seeing the changes, he can bring that perspective to the table. You know, I feel like perhaps somebody from within Ohio might not be a good idea just because of the severed relationships, the trauma that has been done. You know, there are black officers in the force right now who feel like they can't even properly escalate the racism that they deal with. So therefore, how can we trust that someone from Ohio um, whether they're an anti-racist white person or they're a person of color is going to be able to be as effective as they want to be when in this environment here on the ground, they can't even successfully and effectively fight racism from within the force. So people need to let it be known and we community leaders need to educate people. And it doesn't just stop at Quinlan and his replacement, doesn't just stop at the chief of police. We need to make sure to hold the entire force accountable, weed out the problematic individuals and replace them any way necessary, by any means necessary. I'd like to give you each a minute to just really let folks know what is your most important issue that and how we can deal with it directly? Let's start with you, Jessica. Okay. Um, so I am huge on policy. I'm a bit of a political nerd. So in my mind, um, policy change is where it's at. I know that there are a lot of things we could tackle that go well beyond policing. Um, we have had conversations here and myself and a couple others about feeding our communities and taking care of folks during the pandemic. We, we know that when we say Black Lives Matter, it goes, it, it, it doesn't just start with police brutality. It doesn't end there. We've got to be in, in service to others in our community. We know lots of folks are struggling. So right now, my focus has been really watching um, what the Congress is doing with the COVID bill and also keeping my eyes on the ground here locally to see what we can do to help folks out. Um, that's where my heart is lying right now. Um, so in the fight for Black liberation, I think we, we must continue to tie in taking care of our community and, and keeping our eyes on what's happening politically so we can educate folks and then make impacts politically there as well. And there is an event, right, to feed community members on Valentine's Day. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that? Kiera, you may have all the details memorized, right? <laughs> as far as Sunday. I know well, that. To you, Kiera, why don't you go ahead and tell us about what's on your mind and then give us a little bit of information about that event. So what's on my mind, Columbus is extremely dangerous right now, especially for people of color. And I am not just talking about from the police. There are murders out of control in our city right now, and it is a crisis. And those murders are disproportionately occurring with Black people. So this is a crisis, and this needs to be worked on. I understand that at the core, you know, Black Lives Matter that we all had been protesting for for months is more focused on the police brutality and murders, 
But that's why we are Black Liberation Movement. We give ourselves that freedom to focus on multiple aspects. We are trying to identify the causes of all of these murders, trying to identify what can be done, what kind of panacea can we offer, what can we do. We're trying to, that's why we're having the food event, because we're trying to identify the source of this violence and provide resources. So we're having the Valentine's Day food giveaway on Valentine's Day from two to four at 1200 Brentnell Avenue at this church. No sign up, no ID required. Just come through and get your food. Thank you. Real quick, Renette. Okay, my biggest passion is anti-racism. So I, I worked that from the political side, but I also worked that from the human side because until people understand that you you act you're activists exactly where you are, whether that's in your community, whether that's in your job, whether that's in your family. You have power that you can exercise to identify and break down barriers. And we can make so much progress exponentially faster than we're making it, not just as a black community, but as a city and as a state. So um, that's 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 what I want people to understand. All right, women, I hope we'll have an update with you in a couple months. More power to all of us. And thank you for your advocacy and work for our community. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you. Thanks for having us. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio will now air on Sundays at 2 p.m. at WCRSFM.org, Columbus, and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.